is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I know it has been a couple of weeks since we've had an episode, some mix-ups with some scheduling, and uh, just, you know, we had the Phillies in the Union going on deep playoff runs, so it was tough to get uh, some things scheduled out properly to get episodes out in the way we want them, but we are back nonetheless. It's Eagles Enemies, and it is Colts Week. The Indianapolis Colts have had quite the firestorm of media around them uh, since former Eagles offensive coordinator Frank Reich was fired from being their head coach. And, uh, you know, Jeff Saturday is now in the fold for the Colts. They get a win over the Raiders, so they're flying high. The Eagles coming off of their first loss in this game. We'll see how they respond. I think this is a good measuring stick for the Eagles to really not fall into the traps, bounce back in a big way against a team that, realistically should not be winning too many more games the rest of the way uh but we've got two incredible guests on this episode of eagles enemies uh i am joined first by eagles fan and colts fan and somebody who will be at this game on sunday geo the podcaster my guy giovanni finally coming underground with us and uh it, it was one awesome conversation with my man geo he knows football like the back of his hand. He knows the birds. He knows the Colts. I felt it was no better way uh, than to have him on his first Underground Sports Philadelphia guest appearance than for this particular edition of Eagles Enemies. Uh, so I'm joined by Gio to kick things off. And then right after Gio, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, and OG guest of Eagles Enemies, the one and only David Walker, who is now covering the Colts for Stampede Blue, part of SB Nation. Uh, we dive into all things, uh, you know, how this team has performed, Matt Ryan, uh, and some fun stuff as well for both of our guests at the end of the conversations I have with them. I think this is a great opportunity for the Eagles to bounce back and really showcase the wide receivers they have on this team now that Dallas Goddard is injured and out for a significant amount of time. The Batman are going to have to step up in a big way. This is Batman week. And uh, I think A.J. Brown wants some redemption as well and some vengeance for getting that ball pulled out of his hand against Washington. So I'm stoked for this. But before we get started and kick it to our conversations with Gio and David, uh, make sure you guys are following us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, at UndergroundPHI, Facebook.com slash UndergroundSportsPHI. And, uh, of course, follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you guys check out our incredible merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. Our merch is now live on their website. They make the best merch for the great fans of Philly. There's no doubt with their original and unique designs, you guys are going to stand out in the crowd uh, at every single Eagles game. They've got Eagles merch. They've got our personal merch as well. Uh, and you guys can use code UNDERGROUND at checkout for 10% off at phiapparel.co on any apparel order. That's phiapparel.co and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. Without any further ado, let's kick it to Gio and David. All right, ladies and gentlemen, even though the Eagles are coming off of their first loss, there's no better way to bounce back from a minor setback than to have a long-awaited guest here on Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I have the pleasure, the distinct honor, and excitement to finally have 
the homie Gio, the podcaster, Giovanni Hamilton, joining us here on Eagles Enemies. Buddy, welcome to the show. Thank you for hopping on with me this week to talk Eagles Colts. And I know you're going to the game on Sunday. What is, what is your excitement level to be at Lucas Oil Stadium again and to be taking it in while the birds are in town? I am very excited to uh, – that is an understatement. Um, I, I do not have words for how excited I am to see this team live uh, again in, in person. Just these new signings with Joseph and Sa is just like going to be such a fun game to watch, see them try to take down Jonathan Taylor, and uh, just cannot wait to see everybody – uh, all the tailgaters and everything just back with uh, my kind, I guess. Back with the people. Back back with the homies. Yeah. Uh, you, you bring up the two new signings, the big boys up front, Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue. What was your immediate reaction when you see that news come across, you know, either your phone, you know, you see somebody hit you up like, yo, do you see who the birds are signing? Uh, what, were, what were your thoughts on, you know, the – this potential short-term replacement for obviously the big boy Jordan Davis, who's been out for a couple weeks now, but should be back in a few weeks. But what were your thoughts on you know bringing in two established veterans like Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph? I love these signings, but I hate the timing. It's always when I'm in school that these times, <laughs> and it's like I want to make a video and be right. so excited and like keep that same energy, but then I'm like getting home from a long day of school and you know i'm like still super jacked about it but it's like the news has already passed so not a lot of people are like gonna be shocked about it but uh yeah just like to to know that when i'm at school like that we like we're not picking up our second loss this week like or this year so it's uh just super exciting to say the least and uh, just cannot wait to see what they're going to do uh, on the D-line. And uh, even when Jordan Davis comes back, maybe we'll mix it up with uh, putting them in, even uh, for some plays without Jordan Davis. Yeah, and I, I kind of made a comparison to a few of my friends this week, uh, especially when the Indomitian Sioux signing happened. It felt a lot like uh, when the Eagles brought in your good friend Chris Long. Yeah. It felt a lot like that. That established veteran has won a Super Bowl, knows what it takes to you know get to that mountaintop, like a lot of these guys on this Eagles defense do. But bringing in somebody like that midseason, I think that's a like a huge understated uh, type of signing to bring in a Super Bowl champion like Indomitian Sue, an established veteran like Linval Joseph. I think that just adds to the veteran leadership on this team. And that leadership, you know, starts with our guy, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and you, you bring up a good point that it's kind of like Chris Long, and I feel like the the another similarity is they both won games with Tom Brady. They know what winning is, and they can uh, definitely bring that to the table. But uh, one thing that's concerning me is that uh, uh, Jeff Saturday has also won a Super Bowl. He knows what winning is like, so – it's going to be a tough week for the Birds, but uh, it's definitely going to be one of the best matchups of this uh, this season. 
Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It seems like Jeff Saturday has this Colts team, you know, reinvigorated with some new life. Uh, and you brought up Jonathan Taylor. He went to high school not too far from me, about 20 minutes down the road in Salem, New Jersey. Uh, what do you love about Jonathan Taylor? Because I've been a fan of his since he was in high school and just knew he had that it factor uh, when he was going to take it to the next level. And I knew he was going to be one of those guys from South Jersey to be on the map, you know, like a Mike Trout and one of these guys being a superstar from right in my backyard. What do you love about JT28? It's... <sighs> I, I love the guy, you know, I had him on the podcast and, and I've, I've hung out with him in person at training camp and whatnot. And just the, the guy has this pure grit for the game. And it is just so amazing to see young guy, young, talented guy like him. And, uh, just cannot wait to see what he's going to do this Sunday. Hopefully not too much damage against the birds, but, uh, yeah, he had his uh, second game over 100 yards this past game. So uh, I'm excited to see what's uh, in for the Eagles this week. You and I have something in common where we, we have obviously our love for the Eagles, but not a lot of people know I have, a, I have a secret fandom for an AFC team as well from when I was younger. I'm a big Dolphins guy too. I like the Dolphins a lot. Uh, I had to do a book report on Dan Marino, and then that later that year, I got gifted a Dolphins starter jacket, and I was like, it's kind of meant to be. I like this team. That was when you know Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor were on the team. That's when I like really fell in love with the Dolphins, and I really loved those orange jerseys they had, too. Yeah. Uh, but you love the Colts, too. Uh, obviously, when, when Carson went there, you followed along, and you know, we're rooting for Carson when he was with the Colts, and you, you stuck around with him as well. You living in Indy now. Uh, you know how difficult is it knowing that you know your two squads got to go toe to toe this week? You want to see the guys have fun. You tweeted that earlier this week. Uh, but what is that dynamic like from just your fandom perspective? Of like, I want to see the Colts do well, but not as well as the Eagles because they're my number one. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely going to be one of those games where it's like, you know, I'm not there to root for a team. Obviously, I'm going to be in my Eagles gear, but it's going to be kind of a game that I'm just observing and appreciating the sport because I feel like that's the thing that a lot of people look over is like the, the thing that we're here for is to love and enjoy the sport of football. And some people take it a little bit too far, but uh just cannot wait to see uh, matchups with Darius Slay and the secondary and uh, guys like Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman and just to see these new guys coming in to uh, try to stop the run game and uh, just cannot wait to see uh, uh, Kenny Moore, I think, will uh, probably – He'll he'll definitely be uh, uh, hurting our wide receivers this week, but uh, cannot wait to uh, see that the the Colts don't have Shaquille Leonard though, so uh, that's definitely gonna uh, make their game less easy for them. Yeah, it's a big loss for them, and there's a a guy's jersey right behind you who. We're both big fans of the Goblin. He's no longer here, but it kind of seems like the Eagles might have a new Goblin uh, in this secondary with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. How much do you love him? 
because I love him. I, you know, it was like, we we get Jalen Mills, and Jalen is like the man. I met him at training camp, and he's just like literally one of the, the most down-to-earth football players that I've ever met and one of the funniest football players I've ever met. And just to get to know him as a person when he was in Philly, just dream come true. And then to have a guy come in with the same energy as C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the same hair color, you know, it's just – great to see it and uh i love both the guys so much so uh he's uh definitely uh carrying over the the green hair legacy how cool is it too that like you know you always want your secondary no matter what team you root for it's kind of one of those inherent things that you want your secondary to have like this cocky confidence and swagger about them and it feels like for the first time in a long time Every single guy in this Eagle secondary has that cocky, confident swagger about them, whether it's big play Slay, James Bradbury, who kind of does it under the radar, but he's out there making plays. Thank you, New York Giants. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson, obviously, uh, doing his thing, getting interceptions pretty much every single game. And then I think the unsung hero, Marcus Epps, has been fantastic in this secondary as well. Uh, and hopefully Avante Maddox will be back sooner rather than later. But how cool is it, you know, seeing obviously the Eagles succeeding, but then we have this like fun back end of the defense that you're not too worried about, you know, the big plays happening on them because you know those guys want to go out there and make the big plays themselves. Yeah, it's just great to see. And uh, these guys, their their personalities are just the real reason why we're winning this team is such a a good uh just in the locker room they're good to each other you know uh they're joking around it's it's just amazing to see and uh just i i've gotten the opportunity to play in darius slay's war zone lobbies and uh just the way that the guy talks in those two, it's it's just like he how he is on the field, and just to see that his personality really is like that, and he's just goofing around twenty four seven is just amazing, and uh, love seeing it, and love seeing him make those big plays. They call him Big Play Slay for a reason. Yeah, he's the real big play slay. I, I don't want to hear anybody. I, I made the the funny reference. Obviously, everything going on with Twitter and people buying their blue check marks. There was a meme template going around, and uh, I said, "Big play slay is like you earned your blue check mark." And then Darius Slayton was like, "You bought Twitter blue." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you look at this this Eagles defense too, and obviously, uh, I want to pick your brain, your thoughts on you know how Jonathan Gannon has uh, approached this defense so far this year and, you know, sometimes, you know, lacking some adjustments in game. We mostly saw that on Monday night against Washington with some things that I think a lot of people would have rather seen him do to adjust during the game. But uh, you look at just the talent on this defense and it really feels like for the first time, even more so, and Brandon Graham said it earlier this year, this defense is more talented than 2017. And I completely agree. It feels like Every single position on this defense, there's somebody who is of a Pro Bowl caliber player on this defense 24-7. Uh, if you if you could whisper something into Jonathan Gannon's ear during a game where you feel like an adjustment could be made, what's something you would want to see him adjust a little bit better to in an in-game scenario? 
I'd say he he needs to pick up on the run game a little bit better. Um, definitely uh, getting those uh, those linebackers in there within the run game. Um, I actually told Howie Roseman at the NFL Combine, for the love of God, Howie, get linebackers. And uh, after I said that on the air, um, uh, I actually got to meet Howie Roseman. Uh, I have a picture with him at the NFL Combine, and I got to meet Nick Sirianni. And uh, just he goes, he goes, whisper in my ear what I should, who who I should get in the draft. And I said, Howie, any linebacker will do. And uh, and he got Nicobe Dean, and uh, just. He, he's really put some good players in Jonathan Gannon's hands. You know, you look back at last year and there's all these gaps. This year, all the gaps are filled. So just how he is a football genius, a magician, and uh, I think Jonathan Gannon can be too because he has the talent. 100%, especially after the two big signings this week as we record this. And I think one of the underrated linebackers for this Eagles team that could be an X factor against this Colts team, uh, Kaiser White. I've become a big fan of his, uh, and I think a lot of people underestimated how big of a signing he was this offseason. I think he's going to play a big role in this game going up against a big guy like Mo Ali Cox at that tight end position. Uh, what do you like about Kaiser White and how he's been able to step up and really, you know, have a lot of people talking about how well he's played? Yeah, I'm really excited to see him this Sunday too, because uh, you, like you said, nobody really appreciated that signing, and he got signed. And like you said, he'll be able to to uh, handle Mo Ali Cox and just to uh, to have the opportunity to see a guy like him covering a big guy like Mo Ali Cox. I cannot wait to see that. And uh, it's definitely going to be a rough day for this Colts offense. Yeah, and you look at, at this Colts team, too, uh, who you pay a, a lot of attention to. You mentioned Jeff Saturday. And, you know, the, the NFL world was up in arms one way or another about how Jeff Saturday uh, was named the interim coach replacing Frank Reich. Uh, what were your thoughts on you know just everything that went down with with Jeff Saturday being named the coach? We mentioned it on our our actual show. You know you want to see Jeff Saturday succeed. Was the way he got hired the best way? Probably not. Uh, but you don't want to root against the guy because of the circumstances uh, in which he was hired. You want to see him do well and uh, help this Colts team. But what were your thoughts on you know just the entire uh, space around Jeff Saturday's hiring? Um, I feel like it, the quarterback situation in Indy right now is not fair to put that all on Frank, Frank Wright. So I feel like, um, it was, it was too early to fire him. I feel like we, we should have either stuck with Sam or, uh, brought in another quarterback to at least finish the season and then draft a new quarterback but Jeff Saturday's proven that he can be the guy last week so hopefully uh he keeps showing some uh improvement and uh he can become that guy and bring India a Super Bowl championship got a few former Eagles on that offensive line for the Colts as well uh that will be blocking Matt Ryan 
Um, how excited are you to see Matt Ryan play in person? A, a guy who is, you know, a, a Philly guy um, playing for this Colts team. And, you know, he's a, he's towards the end of his career. So you're going to get to, to see him, you know, one last hurrah. But uh, how excited are you to see Matt Ryan in person? I'm excited to see him. Um, I feel like he's going to get sacked a lot, but uh, it's all right. Um, hopefully he doesn't get injured because Brandon Graham is going to come in hot after that uh, that uh, penalty last week. That I, I can't even get into that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little salty about that and the face mask thing. Um, but, you know, like Brandon Graham said, we can't put the – the game in the ref's hands. Um, he's uh, he'll he'll be mad after that that flag though, and he'll uh, come in more conservative, but he'll hit just as hard. Hundred percent. And you know, you brought up guys like Michael Pittman Jr., Alex Pierce, Paris Campbell. Those are kind of the the big three wide receivers for this Colts team this year. How do you think you know they're going to match up against this Eagles secondary, and how well? For the most part, this Eagles secondary has contained uh, opposing wide receivers this year. And how do you think you know the matchups will go? Who do you think big play Slay is going to draw? Is it going to be Michael Pittman, or do they kind of you know try to go back to that zone, which I hope they don't, because uh, I think this Eagles secondary is is much better suited for how talented they are to be able to play a lot of man to man. Yeah, I. I... I feel like the the thing that I've been saying to a lot of people is no yards through the air this week. No yards. Um, I feel like they're going to be crucial in the run game, but this Eagles secondary is just going to back down everything they throw up. Yeah, it's going to be fun to kind of just monitor that matchup. And I think on the flip side, uh, there's got to be a little more reliance from Jalen Hurts on his wide receivers with Dallas Goddard now injured and, and going to be out for some significant amount of time. Uh, who do you think is going to step up? Is it going to be, you know, swole Batman, skinny Batman, or fast Batman? Uh, it'll definitely have to be swole Batman. It'll have to be swole Batman. You know, he, uh, he, they call him swole Batman for a reason. The guy is jacked. So, yes. Uh, he'll, he'll definitely be the guy. Yeah, and you, you look at, you know, some of the guys back in that cold secondary, your guy Kenny Moore and Rodney McLeod is back there who who knows Jalen very well, um, obviously from being teammates and, you know, knowing some of his tendencies from practice. What do you think Rodney's been whispering in the ears of this cold secondary about Jalen Hurts and, you know, the type of passer he is to try to, you know, figure out ways to defend him? I actually got to see Rodney and talk to Rodney a little bit a few weeks ago. Uh, he's loving it here in Indy, and uh, it's just great to see a guy like him, <clears throat> a, a guy who does so much for the community, come here to uh, uh, live in Indy and play for Indy. Just love the guy. Can't wait to see him. He's got a lot of success coming his way. Um, but, yeah, I just cannot wait to see him try to contain these wide receivers and uh, – think it'll be hard for him, but he'll definitely uh, accept the challenge. And I think one thing I really want to see the Eagles do this week against this Colts defense, like you mentioned, Leonard's out this week. Use Miles Sanders early. Get that run game established. You know, Not that you need to run the ball the entire game, but we saw what happened against Washington 
in that second half, when you started running Miles Sanders a bit, you were able to move the ball down the field. I think if the Eagles can get Miles Sanders going early, get a little Kenny Gainwell in there, maybe Boston Scott a little bit, but establish the run game a little bit to take a lot of pressure off of Jalen and not, you know, make it all on his shoulders to to move the ball down the field. I think the Eagles will find a lot of success against this Colts defense if they can run the ball. Yeah, I think that we gotta we gotta use Miles Sanders more. Um, but I feel like we should use Kenny Gainwell a lot. The guy last year proved that he can run the ball, and uh, he is the guy. You know, he can he can run the ball for yards, man. And uh, I I just would love to see him get more snaps. Again, I think he's a guy that you can kind of utilize in that screen game a little bit. And with Jalen's mobility, you don't necessarily have to just drop back and boom, dink and dunk to him. You can, you know, kind of survey the field a little bit. And then if Kenny's there, let him run wild and use his speed in the open field. But I think Miles Sanders this year, too, has had, you know, pretty close to a career year finally getting into the end zone. It's been nice to see Miles score some touchdowns this year. Uh, And I think, you know, when he's going... This Eagles team is going, and that's very exciting to see. You can kind of gauge the way that the the flow of the game is going to go uh, a lot of times based on Miles' early down success and the Eagles being in much more manageable situations on second and third down rather than, you know, second and eight, third and six. You know, you want to be in those better situations uh, as you move the ball down the field. Who do you think is going to step up at the tight end position with Dallas Goddard out? And, you know, how do you think the Colts are going to, kind of game plan the way the Eagles offense is going to operate, knowing that uh, arguably a top five tight end in the NFL is not going to be on the field this week. How do you think that changes their uh, their defensive matchups in covering, you know, all the Batman out there on the field and covering Miles Sanders in the passing game? Um, I feel like it won't be that hard to change our game plan for this week. I feel like like you said, all the Batman out there, uh, there's no Robins, you know? It's all Batman, and uh, just cannot wait to see Jalen put it in the uh, his his wide receiver's hands and just uh, see him air it out. Let the kid air out the ball. I uh, want to see some, uh, some good plays through the air this week. And like you said, with Dallas Goddard out, definitely a, a top, 10 quarterback at least um he's uh definitely gonna have to run the ball more yeah i mean you look at uh this this colts defense it looks like they're getting some guys back who didn't practice on wednesday but they practiced on thursday uh guys like deforest buckner stefan gilmore your guy yannick Ngakwe. like they've they've got some dogs on that defense that are going to be trying to come after Jalen. they're going to be trying to make their way around uh, this Eagles, you know, all-star offensive line, and you got Stephon Gilmore that's probably going to be out there covering either either Devontae Smith or uh, A.J. Brown. What do you think of, you know, some of these playmakers on this Colts defense that maybe, you know, they're not getting enough credit for how good they are, even though they might be a little bit later in their careers. They're still ball players on this defense. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I think that, these these guys like Yannick are gonna definitely eat on our offense, but uh, I feel like 
don't know, man. It's just different this week. Like last week, you know, you you you're seeing the slow start of this Washington game, but I don't know, Jalen. Like like uh, Nick Sirianni said on Pat McAfee show, he's got that dog in him. Absolutely, and you bring up Pat McAfee. I wanted to ask you about this too. You were on the Pat McAfee show, man. How yeah. cool was that experience for you? Uh, you know, to be on a on a, a big stage like that with with a guy like Pat McAfee and all the boys there. Uh, what was that experience like? Yeah, it was great. Um, I love those guys, and uh, just to go down to the uh, studio uh, when I was here last October. I hadn't even moved here yet. We were here with Carson Wentz's A01 Foundation. We fell in love with the city. That's why we uh, kind of moved here. We we came for a uh, couple of days, and we just fell in love with the city. And um, then uh, I think we left on a Tuesday. So the Monday before we left, I went on Pat McAfee's show, and we got to go to his office. You know, you walk in, it's uh, just like complete man cave. Uh, then it, there's, like, basketball hoops and everything. You go into another room, which has a wrestling ring, a full-size wrestling ring. And then you go into another room, and that's the studio. And uh, it was just super cool to go down with all the boys and see the studio and do the podcast with Pat McAfee, which he still plays on some of his shows. Yeah, it's super cool. And, you know, seeing you on there, I was like, hey, I was like the uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's, you know, pointing at the screen. I was like, I know that guy. That's my that's my dog right there on the Pat McAfee show. Um, you know, and I think that was such a cool experience for you to to be able to to go down there and now, now he's got to invite you to the uh, the Thunderdome that he's got, that giant new studio. What do you think yeah. about that place? It is crazy. Um, I, I watch Pat McAfee's show uh, religiously because, you know, that's my guy. And uh, just to see his new studio, like, it is crazy. Um, and, and I thought that the last one was crazy. This new studio is just epic. I would love to visit it. What what do you make of uh what are your thoughts on Ty Schmidt's Nick Sirianni impression? It's pretty funny, man. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I thought the the rock paper scissors had me in stitches laughing on the floor. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite Ty Schmidt impression that he does? It probably is the rock paper scissors one. That one was funny. I'm a big fan of his Sirianni. I also really, really love his uh, his coach Lou Holtz when he's impersonating the former head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That always gets a good chuckle out of me from Ty Schmidt. Uh, and we love Pat McAfee here. But Gio, you're you're a Colts guy. You're obviously an Eagles guy. Uh, you know, if you if you had your 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 opportunity to kind of assemble, uh, I know you're a wrestling guy too, right? If yeah. you got to assemble kind of a, a wrestling card, if you will, you know, some matchups of your favorite Eagles and your favorite Colts players, who are some of those guys you're throwing on the wrestling card to go toe-to-toe with one another? Ooh, I'd say 
Terrell Batman, AJ Brown, uh, Jalen Hurts, the dog, uh, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith just as a tag team, crazy. And uh, Darius Slay, obviously. And I think James Bradbury. I like that. Yeah. And for the Colts side, it's got to be Kenny, Shaquille, Jonathan Taylor, obviously. Can't beat Matt Ryan. The guy's a little too old to wrestle. But, uh, um, huh. Let's see. Kenny, Shaquille, JT, uh, Yannick. Yannick would be a demon in the wrestling room. (laughs) And, uh, gotta say, gotta say Paris Campbell. I like that. And uh, I think I'm going to throw one in the ring for you, no pun intended, uh, from the Eagles' side to go up against uh, Demon Time, Yannick Ngakwe. What do you think about a matchup of of Yannick versus Fat Batman, Jason Kelsey? That would be hilarious. I would love to see that. Yeah. See Jason Kelsey walk out, you know, crop top Eagles jersey, Batman mask on from the top rope. Like, you you know who the Blue Meanie is? Yes. My good friend, the Blue Meanie, just, he, he, I, if he was a football player, it would be Jason Kelsey. 100% agree. If Jason Kelsey was a wrestler, it would be the Blue Meanie. <laughs> just, I, I would love to, to see that. The, but it would be all Eagles gear. The Eagles crop top, you know, it would be so funny. That'd be hilarious. And then uh, I know you, you like to do it when you like to get guys on your podcast. So the floor is yours. If you if you want to call out anybody who's a dream guest for you, who do you want to come on the Giovanni Show podcast? Uh, it's got to be Jason Kelsey uh, or, like, I got to say Nick Sirianni would be crazy. I like that one too. Yeah, we got We got to have a Giovanni show, New Heights collab pod. Yeah, that would be amazing. Travis Kelsey is uh, one of my good friends and just loves that guy to death. I and and I love his show so much. So, yeah. There it is, Jason Travis. You need to collab with Gio and then Nick Sirianni. You yeah. you got it. You got to come grow with Geo like the flowers you talk about, my man. Uh, Geo, this has been a blast. Plug your podcast. Plug where everybody can follow you uh, to let them know. Obviously, you you've got way more followers than I do, but you got to let them know where to come to get that good, juicy, spicy Eagles and Colts content. Uh, but let everybody know where to where to follow you and where to check out the podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Geo the Podcaster. You can find my podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anything, uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, it is the Giovanni Show, and uh, thank you so much for having me on today. You know it, man. Anytime. Uh, you're welcome anytime back underground with us, and uh, keep crushing it, man, because you're, you're doing amazing things on, on the mic, and your football analysis is top-notch, man. Thanks, man. Go Birds. Go Birds. All right, everybody. It's the first Eagles enemies that we have multiple guests following up our good friend Geo, the podcaster. 
is the one and only recurring guest on Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia, now covering Matt Ryan in the Indianapolis Colts. My good pal, Welp DW, <laughs> David Walker. What's going on, my friend? Oh, a whole lot of whelps these days covering the Colts. <laughs> uh, let's dive right into that. What's it been like, uh, you know, new start for you, new start for Matt Ryan, obviously in Indianapolis. What's it been like covering a new team for you? Uh, oh, man. I thought, you know, going in, this is a team with a, a really good defense. Uh, this is a team that I thought was going to have a great offensive line and, you know, a great running back and, it felt like everything was lined up the way it should be, and it has been anything but those things. It has been quite the seat, especially before we started recording. The last like week and a half has been uh, absolutely turbulent uh, with the Indi- Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I want your take on everything that happened with Jeff Saturday, the process, your thoughts on uh, you know just him getting this job, getting that win against the Raiders. <laughs> After all of the, the turmoil and everybody, you know, coming at Jim Irsay for the process and not necessarily at Jeff Saturday, but your thoughts on uh, everything that went down with this uh, this coaching hire. Yeah, look, uh, Frank Reich being fired wasn't a big surprise. I think, you know, after they just got completely manhandled in, in Foxborough, it seemed like that was on the horizon. If not this week, it was going to happen absolutely at the end of the season. He was a dead man walking. Um, so that news was a little surprising, not entirely uh, so, but man, when they, when the Jeff Saturday news dropped it, I think everyone's jaws dropped with it. It was, what is, what is going on? Has he ever coached before? And uh, you know, we sort of tracked that back. It's like, Oh, he coached a high school team. in, in fact, in Georgia where I'm at, and it was just uh, sort of surreal, uh, not even sure what to make of it. And, you know, look, I, I've actually watched the Colts for, for many years. Um, they were my AFC team, if you will. And, uh, you know, going back to the Peyton Manning era, Saturday is a, a, a phenomenal player. Uh, went to, you know, multiple Pro Bowls, uh, obviously knows what he's doing uh, as a football player. But it's a, it's a different thing to be a coach. Uh, so the media, the media frenzy around it has been insane. Uh, everyone has an opinion about it. Um, and like you said, I think most of it has been directed towards Ursay. Like, you know, what is he doing? You know, he's, he's disrespecting these coaches. He's got literally two former head coaches on the staff uh, for the Colts, uh, and John Fox and uh, Gus Bradley, and just sort of let, you know, went right past them and went to this guy. Um Look, it's one game down. He's one to zero. I don't know that that is necessarily a sign of what he did as much as it was where the Raiders are as an organization right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's at minimum, he has got the players buying in. You know, he is a guy that has he has uh, clout in the locker room. He's been there. He knows what it is to win. And I think from that aspect, uh, he at least has their ear. Maybe in the way that. You know, sometimes Frank, you know, coaches as they get on in uh, in their time with a team can begin to lose the locker room a little bit, not because they're bad coaches, but just because, you know, the same message doesn't resonate anymore. And maybe Saturday is getting through. Well, we'll find out. I think that this has to be proven over a series of games and not just, you know, the first game. 
Yeah, and I even said, you know, you have a former Colts legend on this coaching staff, too. So if you wanted to go the way of like, hey, let's still get fans to buy tickets and, you know, come into the stadium. Let's make Reggie Wayne the head coach. And then the Reggie Wayne comments come out the other day as well. Like, if he would have known this was going to happen, he wouldn't have even (laughs) taken the job. Um it was playful. That was he was he was playing around with the media. Just to be clear, the context <laughs> is important there. Uh, but I was like, yeah, if you want to do that, like, why don't you just hire the Colts legend that's already in the locker room? Um, it, it's been pretty wild. But uh, what do you make of you know Matt Ryan? You've obviously covered Matt Ryan for a, a number of years, dating back to when you were covering him with the Falcons. Now he's with the Colts. What have you made of uh, you know year one for him in Indianapolis? It's been awful. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's no other way to put it. And look, you know, a lot of people are going to rightfully point to the struggles of the offensive line. Um, That has absolutely been a big part of it. And I I think it's fair to say that with a quarterback like Matt Ryan, he's very much an old school pocket quarterback. And if you don't give him a pocket to operate out of, that's, you know, he's not built to um, operate consistently outside the pocket. That said, um, he has had a lot of unforced errors that weren't a factor of the offensive line this year, stuff that a 14, 15 year vet shouldn't be doing on the field. Um, Is it because he's rattled? Maybe, but at the same time, you expect a vet to not get rattled. And look, I, I've, I've been the biggest Matt Ryan uh, defender throughout my uh, time covering the Falcons and, and now with the Colts, but he was not good. Um, When he was benched, uh, you know, even though it was partly in due to due to his injury, um, the reality was he you can put some of the blame on the offensive line, but he was not playing good football. Um, so he had a good game against the Raiders, uh, which, uh, again, I, I sort of point to them as a franchise that's, you know, in shambles right now. They're they're heading right towards a top three pick uh, worst pass rush in the league. Um, and that certainly you know, contributed. Uh, and that's not going to be the case this Sunday. Yeah, I need the Raiders to start winning games so the Eagles continue to trend towards the top three. <laughs> Thank you, New Orleans. Um, <laughs> no kidding. Obviously, you know, Matt Ryan uh, should be playing again this week at quarterback for the Colts, and the Eagles did some things to go bolster that defensive line that has a number of superstars on it to begin with. Uh, Linval Joseph, Dominican Sue, and, mm. you know, the usual suspects of Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat. The list goes on and on. Robert Quinn maybe will get in the mix this week. Uh, it's one hell of a matchup for a Colts offensive line that has struggled for the first time uh, in quite some time. Like Usually this Colts offensive line over the years has been talked about probably since Quentin Nelson was drafted as a, as a top seven offensive line in all of football. Right. And yeah. it hasn't been the case this year. Uh, two former Eagles on that offensive line with Matt Pryor and Dennis Kelly. Now, um, what do you think it's been in terms of you know just the offensive line struggles, and how do you kind of view this O line matching up against the big dogs that the Eagles are are going to be throwing at Matt Ryan, at Jonathan Taylor, and the rest of this uh, this Colts team? Yeah, that's the you know really the biggest issue has been um, the the interior. Uh, they started off right guard with Danny Pinter. Um, sort of an you know unproven uh, over long term at that position, and, and he just he was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and they had Matt Pryor out at left tackle. And look, he finished last year fairly strong for the Colts. 
Um, I don't know that that warranted sort of penciling him in as a starter at left tackle uh, in, in a position that that is that important. Uh, and he he has been you know he's been benched at this point. Um, they've tried him on the only position they didn't try him at was basically center, uh, but they tried him in every position. And uh, I made the comment the other day that uh, a a gentle gust of wind would have been a better uh, positional fit than Matt Pryor was on the offensive line. Um, so it's it's been a uh, you know a lot of guys even it's it's gotten to the point where even you know guys like Nelson have not played to their normal standard. You know he's been one of the top guards in the league, and he sort of had these games where he doesn't look like himself. Um, so it's it's been not just one guy, but it's been two those two key positions: left tackle, right guard, and it's really just destabilized the whole unit. I felt all of those comments about Matt Pryor in my soul. <laughs> Because the amount of people who tried to convince Eagles fans that Matt Pryor could be a quality offensive lineman in this league made me want to rip my hair out week in and week out every year that he was here. Um, Jonathan Taylor is one of my my favorite players in the league. Went to high school 20 minutes down the road from me. I've known about JT since he was in high school. And seeing him succeed, you know, it's fun having uh, our southern New Jersey guys do their thing on the big stage like JT, like Hassan Reddick, uh, like Mike Trout in Major League Baseball. It, it's a lot of fun to kind of champion those guys. Uh, it seems like JT is kind of like on the, the upswing again in terms of, you know, where he wants to be, where everyone expects him to be. Uh, obviously, that, that ankle injury has derailed him a little bit this season and hasn't really been what he was last year uh, because of it. But what have you what have you enjoyed about watching Jonathan Taylor when he's been on and and what do you kind of expect for him uh against this Eagles defense? Yeah, look the I mean the Eagles defense is going to be a tough matchup for sure. Um but JT is uh he's phenomenal. Um even with this offensive line sort of struggling both in pass blocking and run blocking, not getting ahead. Uh he's still he is a fighter. You know, that initial contact, he fights through it. Um, you see plays that for most running backs would be minus three, minus four yards, and he's turning it into plus two, plus three on a regular basis. Uh, and he had the 66-yard touchdown run against the Raiders where you know several guys looked like they were going to catch up with him, and he just he has this ability to turn on an extra gear, uh, which you wouldn't expect from a guy like that. Uh, he's, uh, in my opinion, I still think he's one of the best backs in the league. The numbers aren't there this year like they were in the past. And I think, as you said, that's a big – uh, in big part due to the ankle injury that he's sort of been fighting through. Uh, it looks like he's finally getting back to close to full health. And uh, if Jeff Saturday is actually making an impact on the offensive line, and again, you know, wait and see for the long-term results on that. Uh, I think JT is going to be the biggest benefactor, maybe even more so uh, than Matt Ryan. I think you know, this offense still is at its best when, when JT is picking up a hundred yards per game. So uh, hopefully this offensive line does their job. Uh, I think if they're going to win against the Eagles, they've got to, they have to keep, get the ground game going. You know, they're not going to win in the air. Uh, I don't think that's the kind of offense the Colts are built to be this year. Uh, and it's going to be JT. Uh, wait to see what he can do, but uh, I don't want to be the guy that bets against him. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, you look at, a lot of teams now starting to try to, you know, run the ball against the Eagles, especially since Jordan Davis has been out. Uh, you know, obviously the Eagles go out and, and sign two big run stuffers this week to hopefully alleviate 
uh, the gashing that opposing running backs have, have given to them. But you look at the Eagles secondary too, and you say you don't want to, you know, you're not going to win through the air. The Eagles secondary, this is like arguably the best secondary I've watched in my entire life for the Eagles. And, you know, that's across the board. And I got to grow up watching Brian Dawkins play for the Philadelphia yeah, right. Eagles. But you have, you know, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Marcus Epps has stepped up in a big way and is an unsung hero at the free safety position. And then a guy you know really well when he was in New Orleans, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, just absolutely unbelievable. Again, thank you, New Orleans, for basically (laughs) giving him away for free uh, and giving us your first-round pick. He's been unreal. Um, What do you make of of this Eagles secondary when Matt Ryan is going to look to pass? How do you think uh, he's going to try to navigate going up against those four guys who are in that back end of the defense. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Look, um, right now, you know, Michael Pittman, I think, is uh, is uh, a true wide receiver one. Um, and Alec Pierce, I think, has all the makings of being a great pairing with him. But he's still a rookie. Uh, rookie wide receivers have, you know, they can have these spurts of great games, and we've seen that. Alex, Alec Pierce has had some great moments. Uh, and then they have, you know, moments where they disappear. Uh, and that's sort of the ups and downs of, uh, you know, a, a, a rookie wide receiver like that. Honestly, I think if the the Colts are going to have success in the air, it's going to be uh, with their tight ends. And unfortunately, one of the rookie tight ends who showed a lot of promise is going to be out for this game, uh, Jelani Woods. Uh, Colin Granson, I think, is someone that he would you know look to target a little bit more, Mo Ali Cox. Um, but really, if I'm going into this game, you're going to have to plan some trickery, you know, uh, try to throw some picks at the line, get some guys open, some quick outs. Uh, because if there's one thing about this Eagles front, and we've, we've talked about this in years past, the Eagles have done it the right way. They, they've, they continue to build in the trenches. And when you can dominate in the trenches, it just makes it impossible to build, you know, extensive game plans uh, offensively when you can't keep your quarterback upright. And that's, you know, so I don't know what they're going to do. Um, Hope in the prayer. Uh, that's probably <laughs> what they're looking at right now. And then, you know, on the flip side, too, when you look at this Colts defense, it seems like some guys are getting healthier uh, and should be, you know, on the mend for them. Some of these, you know, big, flashy name defenders who might not be where they were in years past with, with former teams but can still, you know, make plays on the defensive side of the ball. But you look at what this Eagles offense has been able to do uh, for most of the season, especially in the second quarter, uh, except for that Washington Commanders game that I try to just remove from my brain. Um, but you know, trying to to derail Jalen Hurts, what are you? What do you think this Colts defense is going to try to do? Because I think, I think it's out there now for a lot of teams. The whole narrative around try to make Jalen Hurts beat you with his arm is kind of going by the wayside because he's proving right. a ton of people wrong that like. He can beat you with his arm. He can throw yeah, the deep yeah. ball. He's accurate. Uh, he's only got three interceptions on the season, and he's got big playmaking wide receivers, and that kind of helps uh, you get the ball down the field. Yeah, look, legitimate MVP candidate, right? Um, he's got to be in the conversation this year. Uh, and, you know, a, a quarterback that many people kept trying to write off year after year and has done the one thing you rarely see with quarterbacks in the NFL. He's improved every single year he's been in the league. Exactly what you want to see. Um, it, no, look, the Colts defense is – it's it's a fairly decent unit. Um, and they have done a, a good job of uh, defending the pass. Uh, Stephon Gilmore 
wrong side of 30, but he is a, he's one of those corners that extends his career by being very cerebral, being a very smart corner. Uh, and we've seen that play out this year. He's been one of our best defenders. Um, DeForest Buckner is still wrecking uh, on the interior of the, uh, the defensive line. Um, Grover Stewart has, I think, quietly put together a Pro Bowl quality season on the interior as well. He is a guy that not only is, you know, helping to get tackles in the backfield, he's adding sacks onto it, you know, from the nose, which is not something you'd expect. Um, and look, you know, uh, Shaquille Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard, uh, one of the best linebackers in the league has barely been on the field, but all of a sudden uh, Bobby Okereke has turned into a, a top-notch linebacker. Um, so this Colts defense has a lot of good going on. They do have gaps. Um you know, uh, Kenny Moore is struggling uh, in this style of defense, hasn't been the same corner he has been. And I'm looking at Devonta Smith and, um, you know, Brown, and I'm thinking, oh, man, we, you know, I feel good about Gilmore, uh, but our safety help over the top is maybe not what we need it to be uh, to consistently shut these guys down. And the pass rush for the Colts is sort of, you know, it's better than it was last year, but it's, it's still roughly middle of the league, you know, 12, 14 range. Um so, yeah, look, if you're asking me, uh, right now the Eagles are the class of the NFC um, by a long shot. Um, and we've seen some of the, the big names fall by the wayside. You know, look at Green Bay, uh, you know, just uh, recently dropping that game. Um, Tom Brady and the Bucks aren't the same team. The Rams aren't the same team. In my mind, the Eagles are like steamrolling through the NFC right now. Um, Unless you're doing and, power rankings, then the Vikings are far, <laughs> far and away ahead of them. Yeah, please. I'll well, you know, Jalen Hurts over uh, Kirk Cousins. Who beat the Vikings this year, David? Who beat them this year exactly. by three scores? <laughs> it's power rankings are garbage. It, yes, that is, that is proof that they're garbage. Um, so no, I, it, it, I love what the Colts defense can do. They're not getting enough help from the Colts offense and. I don't think they're going to um, drastically slow down the Eagles offense because I think right now the Eagles are just on a different level than where the Colts are at. And not that it's it truly kind of converts when, when it comes to game day, but I do think it is a benefit for this Colts defense having Rodney McLeod back there uh, yeah. and him yes. knowing Jalen Hurts you know, from being teammates uh, since Jalen came into the league and kind of knowing how he plays. Uh, the style of quarterback that he does, I think that's a, a benefit just on the the intelligence side of this mm-hmm. football matchup. Yeah, McLeod has been a big factor in stabilizing this defense. You know, they started off kind of rough. Uh, they had put a rookie uh, third round pick, Nick Cross, who I, I think long term has, has a ton of potential um, at the safety position. But uh, McLeod came in and, and just sort of helped stabilize the back end of the Colts defense. You know, he's not a big, flashy player now, but he, like you said, he's just that guy that has come in. His veteran presence has been big. I think he will be – you know, he's played very well uh, this year for the Colts. I don't want to undersell him and you know, pretend like it's just that he's helping the defense. He has done his role exceptionally well, uh, you know, back there. So, uh, I think he'll be a factor. But, again, I, I look at the weapons. I look at the, you know, the offensive line for the Eagles, and I just don't see a lot of options where the Colts can dominate enough to shut down one aspect of what the Eagles want to do on offense. What do you think the odds are that Nick Sirianni called Frank Reich this week to kind of get some intel from, uh, you know, his former commander-in-chief when Sirianni was with the Colts on the uh, the team that, that fired him? Um, 
if I were a betting man, I would put so much money on it, and I would <laughs> I would bet money that Frank picked up that phone. Oh, a hundred percent. He saw that two one five cell phone area code and said, <laughs> "Nick, <laughs> how much time do you have? Yeah. Um, do you want the playbook?" <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and I love Frank Wright. He is, uh, you know. Like I said, sometimes coaches just their message begins to stagnate in the locker room for whatever reason. And it doesn't say much about the coach himself. Um, I, I wish Frank Reich would have been given the chance to finish out the season. Um, he is a good man. Uh, and I think, you know, you talk to guys like Sirianni and they have nothing but good things to say about Frank Reich. Um, so there is a part of me that uh, hopes that he did pick up that phone and, uh, Gave him a few pointers. We we love Frank Reich here. He doesn't have to buy a meal here ever again. <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't shock me this offseason, too, if, you know, Shane Steichen gets hired to be a head coach somewhere, and Sirianni's just like, hey, Frank, you want to you do a little role reversal and come be my OC? Yeah, come on back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be an interesting aspect of this whole thing, too, is Sirianni going back to Indy for the first time. Uh, and facing this Colts team and having that kind of emotional aspect to this game as well. And then on the flip side, Eagles say hello to Nick Foles again. (laughs) (laughs) Who uh, at this point isn't even like he's the third quarterback, man. He, even when Ryan got benched, they sort of went right past Foles and, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's going to leave with, uh, with on the Philadelphia bus uh, (laughs) when when the game is over. It's like, sorry guys, I'm gonna go where they want me. So, yeah, that that did kind of surprise me a little bit because I I didn't think Ellinger was ready to to kind of just take the reins like on a whim like that. So I figured like if Matt Ryan was gonna be injured, gonna get benched, you have a guy who's a proven veteran, has proven he can play in this league, you know, in Nick Foles, and for them to kind of just bounce right over him really like surprised me. Yeah, you remember what you were saying at the very beginning about sort of the the chaos uh, of the Colts. That's uh, that's a part of that story. <laughs> I think a lot of people forget Nick Foles is on the Colts roster at this point. Yeah, I think the Colts have forgotten that Nick <laughs> Foles is on the Colts roster. He's probably running Carson's uh, Thy Kingdom Crumb food truck at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know Nick's a smart guy. He's uh He's getting that paycheck. He's not getting hit. He's not getting beat up on the, the sidelines. It's the I best job he, in sports. He's 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 the one who's mastered the art, and we just don't yeah. realize that. He's he's on that Chase Daniel plan. That's exactly right. <laughs> the Sam Bradford school of uh, negotiating a contract and not playing too well. Oh, man. I, I, I wish I had someone in my life that could uh, take advantage of a corporation uh, as, as well as Sam Bradford did in his career. Unbelievable. Uh, when, when you look at Sam Ellinger too, like, obviously he's, he's now been benched, but, uh, do you think he is in the mix for the future of this Colts team? Is it one of those things that like, maybe he was just thrown into the fire too quickly and he just wasn't like mentally prepared for all of that around a team that isn't necessarily performing at the levels that was expected going into the season? Or do you think the Colts are going to kind of, you know, turncoat and and try to find another quarterback uh you know which will be like what quarterback number nine since andrew luck retired nine 19 of lost count yeah. said hike yeah right <laughs> um 
look, the funny thing is Ellinger in, in his first start actually looked fairly competent. Um, he, he was accurate. He did a fairly good job in that game. Um, I was actually surprised with how well he did play in that first game. Then he goes to Foxborough and got sacked nine times, which was like a Jekyll and Hyde type of performance. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, the problem I think with, with Ellinger is, uh, and this is the, the case with quarterbacks, you know, throughout NFL history is if you're not taken in the first or second round, um, even if you play well, they, there's always like this little, uh, uh, target on the back of your, you know, your back of your neck where coaches and GMs just think, oh, well, we got this guy in the fifth round. We got this guy in the sixth round. Uh, we need to start thinking about the future. And, I think Sam is always going to face that. Uh, I think he's done everything he can to try to make a case for himself. Um, I, I think he you know, made a strong case to at least be in the mix in that first game. Honestly, I think with where the Colts are right now as an organization, um, if they don't go and target a quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft, um, they may not make it out of the draft alive. <laughs> like The fans are ready for them to invest seriously and who is going to be that next quarterback, uh, right or wrong? I think that's where I think that's where the organization is right now. And I mean, you look at <clears throat> excuse me, you look at this game uh, in terms of matchups. You know, when the Eagles are are firing on all cylinders on offense, there's a number of options, and I think some of these guys are going to have to step up even more now that Dallas Goddard is injured. Thank you, refs. Um, right, AJ Brown. Who do you think draws? the the swole Batman matchup and who do you think draws the skinny Batman matchup against Devontae Smith? Oh man. I mean, if you're, if you're forced to draw it up, uh, it would have to be Gilmore on Brown because our second best corner, Isaiah Rogers, I think it's five foot nine. Um, and there's no way I put Isaiah Rogers on AJ Brown. It's just jump balls all day. Um, so I, that on paper makes the most sense, you know, Devontae Smith on Isaiah Rogers. And incidentally, Isaiah Rogers has been phenomenal this year. Uh, maybe even better uh, all around than what Gilmore has been. Um, so the Colts do have two very, very good corners. Um, I, I think that's the most likely matchup. Um, although, man, I, I'm, I'm putting safety help out there. I'm calling in the, you know, the water boy to put him in the backfield. Uh, you know, I, 13, 14 men on the field. I'm paying off the refs to try to help out with this. Yeah. I, Jim Mercer's guitar collection. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm putting anybody and everybody back there to help uh, defend against this, this offense right now. Cause it's, it's scary. I love the Colts defense, but um, this is, this feels like a, a different level from where they're at right now. And then you look, you know, a lot of people forget because there are so many weapons. Miles Sanders is having like a career resurgence yeah. this year and has figured out how to find the end zone again, which is very nice. Uh, how do you see the Colts trying to kind of derail the Eagles run game? Similar to what the commanders did. Didn't really let the Eagles run the ball until that second half. Uh, and by then it was almost kind of too little too late with just, you know, silly mistakes the Eagles had made and, and turnovers and stuff like that. But how do you see the, the Colts run defense trying to stop not only Miles Sanders, but, you know, the mix in a, of Kenneth Gainwell and, and Boston Scott? Yeah, it, it's the one area for the Colts defense that they've actually struggled a little bit. It's consistently stopping the run. Um, I will say that the the thing that hurts the most is that Quiddy Pay, our, our first round pick from last year, has already been ruled out for this game. 
Um, and that's going to hurt. He's actually been one of our best defenders, not just as a pass rusher, but against the run, uh, you know, setting the edge on the outside. Um, I'm still a big believer on the two guys in the interior, Stewart and, and Buckner. I think they can do a good job there. And I do think, you know, the, the plan will be to try to limit the run, set up as much as possible, try to set up third and long repeatedly uh, to at least try to give your pass rush a chance to get home on, on the big down. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm not, a, I, <laughs> I, I, I want to like find reasons to be optimistic. Um, and I love these Colts players. I think Bobby O'Karake is going to be a big factor there. He's, he's a very, uh, at this point, I think he's, he is, uh, just a national game away from getting the kind of recognition he deserves for the season he's had. Uh, so it, it, to me, it's going to come down to those guys. Okereke at linebacker, uh, Stewart and Buckner on the interior, and hopefully someone steps up on the edge because that's that's really where my biggest concerns lie is, uh, at the defensive end position. It's going to be quite the interesting game. And uh, the last time you were on the show, we talked about Matt Ryan being a Tesla, uh, fitting <laughs> that, uh, you know, Tesla guy's now running how we first met. Um, <laughs> the guy on your hat, though, if you had to uh, cast one former Falcon and one former or one current or former Colt in Deadpool three, who's who's going in the movie with Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds? Oh man, um, look, former Colt, uh, it's uh, it's got to be Marvin Harrison. I loved watching him play, and the guy could, you know. He was slippery, and I feel like that's the that's the kind of guy you want in the Deadpool movie. Uh, former Falcon, I would go with like uh, someone that's nasty, Jonathan Abraham. Um, oh, that's a good old, one. Old pass rusher. You get him out there; he's he's an intimidating dude. I put him out there as one of your main villains. That's those are my two guys. Those are my two I, guys. I was gonna say, you know, Deadpool likes to gamble a little bit. Maybe Calvin Ridley. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, he's a Jaguar now. So. Yeah, he's a former Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> Very well played. Very well played. Oh, man. This game is going to be its going to be interesting. I'm intrigued to kind of see how the Eagles bounce back from their first loss and, and kind of just seeing how Jeff Saturday coaches against yeah. one of the best teams in football. I think that's going to be, you know, a, a very interesting chess match between Nick Sirianni, who a lot of people doubted last year of, of being a good head coach versus a guy who a lot of people don't think should be a head coach right now. Um, right. It's going to be a, a wild time, but I'm looking forward to it. David Walker, let everybody know where they can check you out on uh, the socials, check out the the new Colts podcast that you're a part of, and uh, keeping up to date with everything you're doing covering the Colts. Yeah, Stampede Blue Podcast, uh, myself, several other hosts. We've got stuff going almost every single day of the week. And, you know, StampedeBlue.com, uh, part of the SB Nation network. And for as long as it's up on Twitter, you can find me at NFLDW. That may be, you know, for five more minutes or five more hours. Who knows these days? Hopefully it's for uh, five more millennia because <laughs> I can't think of a world without being able to shitpost on Twitter. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like one of my favorite pastimes. It's the best, and I, I say it's it's the best platform because it's still just text. Yeah, it's not yeah. pictures. It's not you know curating video content. It's just whatever the hell comes to mind. You put it out there. It's the best yep. one. Hopefully, it doesn't go away. Yep, I'm with you, man. Uh, and if it does, we'll just shit post on like LinkedIn or something. <laughs> <laughs> that platform's going down so quickly. 
It's unreal. Uh, you're the best, man. It's always a pleasure having you on the show and uh, looking forward to uh, some back and forth discussion during the game on Sunday. Absolutely. It's good to be here, man. Big shout out to Gio and David for hopping on the show this week. Uh, just an absolute blast chopping it up with both of them about this matchup, about some fun stuff that they're into and tying in the Eagles and Colts into both. Uh, but make sure, like I said at the top of the show, you guys follow us on the socials at Underground PHI uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get every episode of Eagles Enemies. And of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. You get full video episodes of Eagles Enemies in every podcast on our network. Uh, youtube.com backslash at underground sports philadelphia smash that like button ring the bell icon comment down below your thoughts on this game and of course be sure to check out our epic merch partners at phi apparel company uh, go to phi apparel.co and use code underground for 10 percent off your order at phi apparel.co but this has been another episode of Eagles Enemies, Eagles Colts. It's going to be a doozy. Hopefully the birds can bounce back and uh, we get some big time plays from all the Batmen out there on the field on Sunday. Again, big thank you to Gio and David for hopping on the show this week. And uh, let's go birds. Till next week, when we're talking Eagles, Packers, Sunday night football been another edition of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your boy KB and as always, go birds. Go birds.